Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. Paul writes to the church placed there at Rome, that barbarous empire. He said, I beseech you, I plead with you, brothers, by the mercies of God. Remember last week we talked about by his mercy? Everything we have is by his mercy. That you present, that's a, that's a priestly word, it's a kingdom word. It's a word of sacrifice. Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, logical, thinking way of service. You're not without mind in the church. Sometimes it's like we check our minds at the door That's nonsense, that's contrary to the word of God. We are full of intellect in here and that intellect tells us that there is a sovereign holy God, that we are not accidents, amen? We're not ignorant in this house. We don't have to plead ignorance. And do not be conformed. Somebody say conform. Spurgeon said the lowest part of the church is when the church conforms to the world. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed. You heard that word already. Somebody say transformed. Not nominal living, but transformational living. Here's the key, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, you want to know the will of God? What is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Heavenly Father, I pray right now. I have a special request for a family member right now that God, I pray you build a hedge of protection about them today. And thank God for the body here, the family that I love in this church. I pray that this word would go forth with this divine, wonderful invitation that we can come present ourselves back to you. Father, I'm so thankful that there is still a standard of living that you've set for us. Let us find it in the service today. And everybody said, amen, you may be seated. Look to your neighbor and say, get ready. The Romans 12 life. There is still a standard that you and I are called to uphold and walk in. It should not be lowered by man, nor the expectation of man. But there is still a righteous standard that it's okay for churches to still preach on. The Romans 12 life is based on the word of God and God's qualification desire through him and his power that gives us invitation for you and I to live in him, walk in him, and have our very moving and essence of life. Simply put this way, that we decrease and he increases. We die through surrender and we're raised with his power, that third day power that he yields to us. And in doing so, we have this great invitation to come into a life not of nominal Christianity, but transformational living. It is not religion on our terms. It is not church service check the box. It is not coming to church so I can get a job on the town council. It is coming to church because I have been transformed by his nature his lordship, his deity, and his power. I have been separated because he has broken the bondage off of my life and surely he has set the captive free. Therefore, first, I have an invitation in Romans 12 to present my body as a living sacrifice. And then the next part in that invitation, that I be not conformed to this world, my choice, but be transformed by the renewing of mine, once again, my choice. So opening today, you have an invitation. You have an invitation to the Romans 12 life, but you have to choose it. You can be just a church attender. 
You can be a nominal Christian, which I don't think there's a such thing in my viewpoint. You can be a church goer, or you can be a transformed believer. That means everything about your life, down to your toes, has been changed for the glory of God. Nothing is off limits. Not your mind, not your body, not your thinking, not your speaking, not your children, not even that money that you got buried in the yard in, in, a, in a red yard that you ain't told nobody about. Now listen, that's for the old people. You young people don't know what I'm talking about. It's all right. Everything's been changed for the glory of God. You have this invitation. Paul says to the church at Rome, living up under the, the bondage of those barbarous people, he says, God has called you to a different standard. And that standard is not set by the Romans. It's not set by the world. It's not set by anybody else. It's given as a privilege, not a law, but an act of grace through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is an invitation for you to come up under who he is. And by coming up under that power, he's going to change you, set you free, but then he's going to open the door to opportunity that you don't even stay like that, but you grow in the knowledge of God, you mature in the knowledge of God, and the next thing you know, you're living a life that's, that's different than any other life. It cannot be bought, it cannot be bartered, it cannot be bargained for, it comes through surrender and a choice to say, God, I want all that you have of me, and I will accept nothing less. Probably in the church world, though, we have the invitation, we just don't open it. It's like the invitations you get when everybody's graduating high school. I love that. I, I'm big on that. But the problem is when you pastor a church this size, sometimes we want to send a gift to everybody. But when you get 50 kids graduating high school, Sister Nolan, just don't need to open them anymore. Just tell everybody we're praying for them. Praise God. I understand. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Somebody said, that's why he didn't send my child nothing. No, I'm joking. That invitation there because we like to live in the land of the in-between. We don't want to go to hell. We just don't want to look like we're going to heaven. Are oh, you with me now? It took you a while. Thank you for, thank you for joining the ride. Yes, yeah. We, we, we don't want to go to hell. We want to be different than the people that sit on that side of the church. But I don't want to be so holy or godly that people think that I'm weird or different or confused. Well, you are weird. You are different in their mind because your mind has been transformed. Their mind is not. That's why the Bible calls us peculiar people and a royal priesthood. And I'm not preaching legalism. I'm not preaching that we've got to measure dresses and see all that nonsense. That's in the heart of man. But I am telling you this, there is still a difference between the world and the people that belong to God himself. And we should not be ashamed because we look different, talk different, walk different, and act different. We should not be ashamed. And words like sanctification should not be kicked out of the church. They should be invited into the church. It's like a healing salve. It's medicine to the soul. And how dare we reject the healing balm of God. It's quiet. I knew it would be. This would be the one. So this long-lasting transformation, there are two commands and a why. Two commands and a purpose that Romans 12, 2 invites us to. After we present our bodies, and he tells us something else. The first command is this. He says, don't allow the world to mold you. That's your choice. Don't allow the world to form you. Don't allow the world. I'll preach on the world in just a few moments. Get ready. Don't allow the world to tell you who you are. Let me just interject this right now. I am absolutely fed up to my lid of people outside the church telling me how I need to act, how I need to dance, dress, speak, what I can put on social media, what's crossing the line. Everything we do is in love. We don't be little people. But if I want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ because of his effect on my life, I should have the right in my God to do and choose as I see fit. 
period, period. If Brother Russell can identify as a 49er fan, then I can be holy in Jesus' name. Right? Go Cowboys, brother. I see your shirt over there. Amen. Right? And so he says, don't let them pressure you. Don't let them influence you. Don't let them bring you and change your way of thinking. That's the first command. The second command is this. Let God mold you. Let God change you. Let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? Through salvation that changes your inward thinking that will reflect in a change of outward behavior. Get that. Write it down. Put the tattoo on your forehead if you have to. Your inward thinking changes through salvation, through sanctification, by reading his word, by walking in the spirit, by, by not yielding to the lust of the flesh. And because that happens, then your outside will change as well. That's old school preaching, but it still works. There's a change in outward behavior. And the reason is this, is because God goes to work on everything of your life. So there's two things I want to share with you today that I'm going to let you go. Is that all right? First of all, I want to talk about the squeezing process. The Bible lets us know that the world is trying to squeeze you. And he says, don't allow the world to squeeze you. You remember how you take the orange and you squeeze it. And once you get everything you desire out of it, you throw it away. That's what Satan's trying to do to your life. He's trying to squeeze every gift, every desire that God has for you, every ounce of anointing, every bit of influence, everything that you have, he's trying to squeeze it out of your life and then he wants to throw you away as they brought the woman naked when she was caught in the act of adultery. They want to shame you after that. But I come to let you know, don't let the world squeeze what God has put inside of you. First of all, it's your choice. He told the Christians at Rome, don't allow it. But Brother Nolan, they're strong, they have influence. They may take away our tax-exempt status. They may not let us fit in the club. They may not bring us to the family reunion. Oh, bless your little heart. Half of you don't want to go anyway because you don't want to be with Aunt Mildred. She's the one that always brings that nasty food and puts it in front of you and says, oh, baby, I made it for you. Go ahead, let me see you eat it. And you're like, God, deliver me rapture now, please, in Jesus' name, right? Right? You know, I prefer my brother Brandon. Try him first, please. If he lives, then I'll take a bite, praise God. But it's the truth, right? It's the truth. It's, it's the truth. It's your responsibility. It's personal choice. But it's like we're, we're pleading ignorance today to Satan and what he's trying to do. You can't plead ignorance. You can't play a lack of intentionality here. You've got to realize, first of all, you should write these things down. It's personal. It's your personal choice. I can't do it for you. Russell can't do it for you. John Mark can't do it for you. It's your personal choice whether or not you allow the world to invade everything about your life. Now, I, I'm not your daddy and I'm not your mama. I can't tell you what to watch. I can't tell you who to speak to. I, I can't, I'm not gonna babysit you. I'm a pastor. I'm not your babysitter. But I'm telling you this, don't blame everybody else for what you continue to allow into your sphere. Next week, you're gonna shout if you'll stay with me. I promise you, I promise you. But you can't blame everybody else for what you allow. If you allow them to keep coming over at 8, you always get what you get at 8.30. But if you change the key, they can't come in. Satan just keeps walking in my house. You gave him the key. Right? And the code. I don't know how he keeps knowing that. You gave him the code. 911. Run there. How quiet. I tell you how quiet. It's a personal thing. Two is possible. How? Through the mercies of God. You can, you can let go and resist the squeezing of the world by the mercies of God. 
We walk around like we're defeated, like it's not possible. Oh, Satan's just on the war path today. He's destroying the church. Yeah, he's destroying the church because we don't care. He's destroying the church because we don't read the Bible. He's destroying the church because we can't find a prayer meeting anywhere. He's destroying the church because we don't live out the word of God. But the good news is he'll never destroy the church. There will always be a remnant because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But it's possible. How is it possible? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. By walking in the Spirit, Romans 7. By yielding ourselves to God, Romans 8. Romans 7, we walk in the Spirit. Therefore, Romans 8, all things work for our good. But all things don't work for our good if we don't walk in the Spirit. But by walking in the Spirit, we have the, the power to be an overcomer, which Romans 12 really is. So it is possible. Look to your neighbor and say it's possible. And then it's progressive. It's progressive because you're growing in God. James is about maturity. James is about growing in God. And so if you understand that your life is a vapor and you're growing in God, you keep growing by continually to submit yourself on the altar in the fire of God. Verse one. Since you present yourself over and over, now it's your personal choice. It's possible in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and you realize it's progressive. It means it is a constant, daily yielding and dying in the flesh and giving myself over to the Holy Spirit. You just can't rub Jesus on you on Sunday morning and go out there in that world. That world will eat you alive. Brother Nolan, got my fix. This is not your fix. This is your lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. It's not your fix. I got to get a little bit of Neil Nolan to get me through the week. I, I, that's not who I am. You understand? Now I'm your pastor. I'm your shepherd. I'm telling you that rubbing a little bit of perfume on is not going to do it. You've got to clothe yourself, the Bible says, in Jesus Christ. You've got to put him on you. Put on that helmet of salvation. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Grab that shield. Grab that sword. Go back to your job and say, baby, I come to do war. I'm not going to believe what you say. I'm not going to fall to your advances. I'm going to walk in the spirit and I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is war warfare Satan and I'm not going to be squeezed in any longer in fact let me say it I am about sick and tired of being squeezed I'm tired of people to, telling me to accept things as if they are biblical truth I will love the sinner but I'm still going to hate the sin and I am tired I am sick and tired of accepting things around the church as if they're not sin or if they don't bring any harm it is time he says in the Phillips translation with with eyes wide open with eyes wide open church it's time to open our eyes again and realize that this is war baby this is war for our children and war for our children's children I can't help what they teach at the high school I can't help what they teach at somebody else's house but for me and my house we are going to serve the Lord there is still a right way there is still a righteous way oh he said, watch, don't let it force you to accept a pattern. Somebody say pattern. pattern. Well, that's good. I like this crowd's with me this morning. It's not just pattern, but patterns lead to pathways. Patterns lead to pathways. And so what you accept becomes your pattern. Your pattern becomes your pathway because it shows your kids what path to follow. Be careful what your patterns are. By doing so, the enemies just hypnotize us. We're dancing to the beat of the world. The Pied Piper's playing his soul. And we're just telling us, you know, you know, marriage is maybe, maybe marriage is not what marriage was supposed to be. Maybe, 
Maybe gender is this, or maybe this is that, or maybe I don't have to love my neighbor. Maybe it's okay to have a friend on the side. Maybe it's okay to steal money from a co-worker. You know what? I'm still saved. I prayed that prayer, man. I'm good to go. It's all right. I'm talking about a Romans 12 life. Not substandard, but walking hand in hand with God. But the enemy's trying to trip us up. With eyes wide open, NLT says, don't copy the behavior of this world. Quit being copycats of things that's been set before you that does not equal the merit of God's word nor his standard. Let me put it to you this way. When I say the world, I'm talking about the enemy and the place that he operates. It's not a location in the natural. It's not, it's not tangible. It's not like, oh, Brother Nola, I know where the enemy's at. It's my mother-in-law's house in South Florence. That's what Chuck Rogers said. I didn't say that. That's what Chuck Rogers said. I'm kidding, Chuck. I'm kidding. No, it's not. It is a spiritual realm. We fight wickedness in high places. So the enemy that he's talking about, do not be conformed to this world, is the word cosmos. It is that spiritual realm where Satan and his, his hitchmen, that they plan the strategies that then are infiltrated all throughout the systems of the world and man. The most ungodly systems come from Satan, the father of lies himself, and then they flow through the processes of man. That's why it's important to vote. I'm not knocking that. That's why it's important to go through the right channels of society. But in the end... No matter what they do, Romans again, even if you don't get your vote, you still pray for those over you. Why? Because you are a Romans 12 Christian. But even in the end, if the world systems flow through, if they overturn what we think is right, it still doesn't change us. Paul's writing to the Christians at Rome. They're trying to kill you. They're barbarians. It's coming. But it doesn't change who we are and who our God is. Oh, brother, this world, this world is, is going down. Sure it is. The word told us it would. See, anybody listen? The system is meant to destroy you and lead you away from God. Those systems that are in place are meant to bring sin. When that sin is conceived by your own lust, it brings shame. Shame always gives way to condemnation. Condemnation always gives way to broken relationships. Isn't that just like Satan? He gets you to sin, he tempts you. Woman caught in the act of adultery, not by herself though, then brings condemnation. The men want to condemn her and stone her, and then it leads to broken relationships of her own relationships. But the good news is, Romans again, by the mercies of God, there is now therefore no condemnation for them that are positionally in Christ Jesus the Lord. So I've come to let you know today, quit letting the world squeeze you to dance to his tune. The reason you're speaking like that is because you want to speak like that. As I told one of my family members this week, you keep on cussing in private, you're going to cuss in public. Brother, oh, you can't even prove a, a, a cuss words of sin. Well, I, I can prove about speech coming out your mouth, but if you're even questioning me on that, I'm probably preaching to you. <laughs> I mean, things we fight over now, right? I'm a grown man. I talk how I want to talk. Sure you do. 
but then you spank your own child for quoting your quotes. I'm just talking. I'm just talking about that. It leads to broken relationships. When shame sits in, the combination, it leads to broken relationships. Pull up, please, 1 John. So what is the world? And I probably won't get past one today either. So what is the world? The Bible tells us. We don't have to go looking for it. Now, I know some of the older saints are going to say, we know what the world is, preacher. Women can't wear makeup, and the men can't wear cologne, right? No, y'all don't remember that. That's okay. That's all right. That's old school right there, baby. That was old school. No, that's not the world system. Now, I support personal conviction, but the world system is this. The Bible says, do not love the world. Circle that word love. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that that word's there because love is what brings us back to the world when we don't deny it. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Watch this though. For all that is in the world, don't love the world. Don't, you, you can't watch football. That's not what it says. You, know I mean? you can't drive a car. You can't have electricity. Well, that's your personal conviction, so be it. But I, I, give, I give God praise for air conditioner. Praise God. Amen. I know y'all too holy to shout over that. But Sister Nola likes it about 67 degrees. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Brother Russell, they shouted all day, but I mentioned 67 air conditioner. They shouted, praise God. He said, but the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. There it is. There's your definition. When somebody says, well, what is this world system he just told you? He said, first of all, it's the lust of the flesh. It's that carnal craving of flesh. Now, let me put this, this uh, number out there, a disclaimer, that what Satan does is pervert what God gives. So when I say this, and I know we have some teenagers, so I will watch what I say, but let's just be honest. They know what I'm talking about. So when I, when I say this about sensual things, what Satan does, he perverts it. Where God gives us a biblical marriage between one man and one woman, Satan then perverts, perverts it, excuse me, like with rape. You remember the Old Testament? When one brother raped his sister, David's household, and then what did she say to him? She said, Tamar speaking, she said, please don't, don't throw me away like yesterday's trash, just do the right thing. But the Bible said, as much as he wanted her before, now he despised her even the more. It's why Absalom would get mad with his father. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, come on Wednesday night. We're about to get there before long, right? It's that, it's that craving for flesh, even though we know it's outside of the bonds of what's right or the standard of God. The world says you're grown. Do what you want to. Touch what you want to. Look at what you want to. There is no limitation to what you desire. You're just an animal anyway. Go after it, baby. Go ahead. Well, that was the Roman system. They're, they're half the population, close to half were slaves. They abused people. It wasn't just one color. It was a culture in their city. Women were passed around. It was their culture. Now think about this. Kingdom living in a barbarous world, an empire world. Paul writes to them and said to them, I know that, that they're trying to pull you in, but don't let the world system infiltrate the church. So that means there is a no sometimes. That's not an ugly word. There is a delete button sometimes. There is an unfriend button. You know, and if you're really sanctified, you don't have to unfriend them. You just snooze on them, right? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He'll give you a way out, right? Right, because you realize that your flesh is drawing you to something. It could through be the lust of the flesh. It could be pride. It could be anger. Because when you look at them, 
<laughs> wrath comes on you and you want to call your, your girls and go down there and jump them at Magnolia Mall, don't do that. Don't do that. That flesh, that craving, the world is that uncontrolled craving that we just let run wild as if we're 16. But the problem is people are living longer now. That's not the problem, excuse me. But the problem is people are living longer now. So sometimes we have 76-year-olds living like they're 16-year-olds. I shouldn't have to go to Sister Jones' class and say, we need to preach on godly relationships. Right? That's the first thing he says the world is. He said, the world says, just go ahead. It is that the world today. You don't have to be married. You can run wild. You can have multiple relationships as a teenager. It's just your body. It's not going to control your mind. But talk to some adults about the memory. Talk to some adults about things that hurt people down the road. I'm not saying God can't forgive you, but God can forgive you. But surely you don't want your children to walk in the same paths that you went down that brought harm to your life. But the problem is nobody in the church wants to talk about it anymore. I come to talk about it today and say that the Romans 12 life is a life of balance. It is a a life of protection. It is a life of boundary. It's okay to tell some people no. It's okay to tell some people that's not going to happen. But preacher, what if our children do it anyway? I can't control everything they do, but I can set the standard of what God wants for my house and for this church. Not just carnal flesh, but look at the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is that desire to have everything. Now listen, once again, let me put this disclaimer. There's nothing wrong with having a brand new car if it doesn't have you. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. I believe you should have nice things. I do. I, I don't like going by a house and nobody takes care of what they have. You don't have to have a four-story house to have something nice. I can hear my grandma and granddaddy say, son, whatever you got, you can take care of it. Right? So it's not about that. Haggai taught us that. God said, just take care of my house first. But this lust of the eye is when you do whatever it takes to keep up with the Joneses because you won't and you won't and you won't and when you get it, it does not satisfy. Oh, there's still a place in God that satisfies. There's still a place in God that satisfies. If you made $8,000 a month and you're spending $8,100 to keep up with the Joneses, you need to stop. <laughs> How many toys do you need, sir? You're not nine. Ma'am, you've got 900 pocketbooks. I wait, I wait, man. I wait. Somebody go with me. Somebody. I'm rolling by myself up here, right? But it's that desire to have more and more cravings untapped, uncontrolled, just out there because God doesn't satisfy. God doesn't satisfy because we don't let him satisfy. We don't know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't know that mercies are renewed every morning. We don't know how good it feels to be on your job and have to go to the bathroom and lock yourself in the bathroom like I did when I got the Holy Ghost as a teenager and realized there's something about this God that's not Sunday morning only, but he walks with me, he talks with me, he has fellowship with me, he has communion with me. I'm not talking about church role. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost impression on your life that you realize that this ain't some religious. I said ain't, yes, I said it. This ain't 
some religious thing that we do. This is a personal, intimate relationship with a God who loves me and I can't buy nothing, I can't trade for nothing, I can't find nothing that can ever do me like Jesus Christ. If we would fall back in love with God one more time. Real quickly as I close, singers, come on. Not only that, we have the lust of the eyes, we have the pride of life. The pride of life is that status, it's your identity. It's that we find our identity in things or our titles. It's why I had one retired minister that I loved tell me that when he retired, it almost, he almost lost things in his relationship with God because he was told that his identity was in his position. But God doesn't love him because he's a preacher. God gave him that because God loved him first just because he was a sinner. And God died for him. Your identity is not in the pride of life where I've got to do this because I gotta be somebody. Your being somebody was found at Calvary that you're a child of the king. It's the greatest title you're ever gonna have. Then after that is husband and daddy. Mama, what, who, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Your titles will come and go. But in mine left his church and went into administration. He said, Neil, in three weeks, they already had another pastor and they were moving on. And I told him, I said, well, isn't that what they should do? And he said, yes. Quit preaching at me is what he told me. He said, but it was hard for me at first. Because for so long, for 15 years, I pastored that church and it was my, part of my identity. I was lost. I want to remind you, your identity is not in your status today. It's not in what you drive, who you date, what position you have. That's why the custodian can be first in line in the Romans 12 life. Oh, Lord, you, you all better buckle up two or three weeks from now. My goodness. That's why in the Romans 12 life, we don't base it on, on, and I love how God does it. He just says 10%. That way it puts everybody the same. The Romans 12 life is not based on what you do, how gifted you are. So you, in salvation rank, you come behind me. There's probably going to be a few people that I'm going to be behind in, in the pearly gates, as they say it. Right? Be amazed when you get to heaven and God lets in that person that you kept walking by every Sunday because we didn't see their value, but what you don't know, they laid on their face the night before praying for the pastor that God would anoint them. In the Romans 12 life, we don't base it on position or title. We base it because we humble ourselves in the sight of God because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. That's the Romans 12 life. Would you stand with me, please? I got to the same place both services. That's a miracle. So be not conformed to the world system. Brother Donald, you want us to go out today and make a crusade? No, not really. I don't need you doing that. I just need you to go be Romans 12 today. Pastor, you want me to go out there and stand on the street corner? Well, if God leads you, then you do it. No, but I'm really not preaching that. What I need is for Christians to be Romans 12 Christians. Love our neighbor even though they got sin running through their life. Bless the lady at the restaurant, a little 17-year-old girl. She spilled tea into your lap and you know, how dare she? You don't know what she went through the night before. You've got clothes upon clothes upon clothes in your closet that you can run home to. You don't have to bless her out and then invite her to church. So I just need you to be Romans 12. 
Romans 12 is different. When the world system says, eye for eye, well, preacher, that was, that was scripture too. You didn't come to the New Testament. When Jesus said, they say in the law to go one mile, that was commanded for the Romans to the Jewish people. They would actually have a stake set up one mile from their town or their house. It's because the law required a mile. Jesus said, but when they ask you for two, one, I want you to do something crazy. I want you to put a backpack back on and I want you to go another mile. That's Romans 12. That's crazy Christianity. No, that's Christianity. See, this is not, this is not what we've been taught. This is not, just say a prayer, give 10%. Come, come one time a week. Give the preacher something to pass appreciation. You're good. No, 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 no. No, this is not conforming to the world system. The world system said for a long time that white and black people couldn't come to the same church. But we sung the song, red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. And our kids were so confused. <laughs> That's the world system. The world system said, if you've done this, you can't come to our church. If you've done this. But God said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Quit letting the world system come through your television, your phone, <laughs> your spiritual diet. Brother Lord, I want the Holy, Holy Ghost. Brother Lord, I want to be filled. I want to be sanctified. You do on Sunday, just not on Tuesday. The world system comes in and the next thing you know, you put those comforters around you that say, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for going off. I don't blame you for acting like that. Don't listen to the world system. Don't conform to that. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's next week. You're gonna get your mind back in the church. It's time for the church to take our mind back. It's time for the church to be renewed in our mind starting over with the hand of God. Heavenly Father, I preached your word. Times escape me now. And to be honest, it's just probably as, probably as much as they need to handle, to be honest. Because I'll give them, <laughs> I'll give it to them straight today, God. Oh, it's time to let go of the world. The world has in, in, entrenched on us, increased their, their, their territory. They take into the church. Spurgeon said it's the worst state of the church is to conform to the world. And then we fight on social media, is the world lights or is it carpet? Is it, that's not the world system. The world system is those three things I mentioned that strip us of our walk and our power. We take it back today in Jesus' name. We take it back today in Jesus' name. We're gonna be Romans 12 Christian, amen? Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. Stay safe and have an incredible day in Jesus' name.